Well, welcome, brothers and sisters. Go ahead and grab a seat. Fun to be with you this morning. Uh, really great job, uh, worship team, this morning. Super fun uh, just to be in there. Uh, so up until about a year ago, uh, Fridays were my day off, and I told you um, I like to fish on Fridays, but previously before that, um, I was not fishing. I was actually landscaping every single Friday. One of my uh, neighbors um, started a little na- landscape company, and so I jumped on on him on my day off on Fridays for just a little extra cash, and that thing quickly grew, and it grew, and it grew, and he went full-time, and it got bigger and bigger and bigger, and so I was running a crew every Friday, uh, and so I actually love to landscape. It, it's really fun for me. It's relaxing. I love the manual labor part of that job. Uh, And let me be honest, summertime is hot if you're out there landscaping. It is brutal out there. I mean, you think I'm sweaty up here sometimes? You you ought to see me in the summer landscaping, shoveling mulch out there. It is not a pretty sight. Well, uh, last summer when we were landscaping, it was like midday, and we had already put in just a back-breaking day. And so we went up to In-N-Out Burgers. It was just, it had just opened up. And so we go in there, and we get in line, and I've got my four other guys on my work crew with us. And we go in there, and we order, and I go to pay for our guys, and uh, they say, um, oh, it's been taken care of. I'm like, what do you mean it's been taken care of? No, the guy in front of you, a uh, couple in front of you, um, he gave us a $100 bill, and he just said, pay for everybody on the way back. And I thought, holy smokes, how generous is that? That was such a sweet thing. And so I didn't need that. I mean, we could have bought our lunch, but it was so good to be the recipient of somebody else's generosity. It was just beautiful. And if you take that even a little further, um, I mean, I'm sure that you've had it happen. Maybe you've driven like the tollway in Austin. You get to the tollway and the guy in front of you pays for you at the tollway. And you're like, Austin's not that bad after all, you know? And uh, you're like, I'm, I'm going to keep it under control as you pass on through. Or if you make it even more serious, this last month uh, I was in the hospital. And right before I had my surgery, I had to uh, sign a little waiver that said, Um, I would be willing to be the recipient of somebody else's blood. And that has had a, it had a strange impact on me to think about what kind of person gets up in the morning for a moment that I could have never imagined or would have ever hoped for. And somebody got up and said, today's the day I'm going to go donate blood and give blood. What? Where does that type of forward thinking, not about me, heart actually come from? Where does that generosity flow out of? And I think that's a question worth us considering this morning, is where does generosity actually come from? Because it's not natural for us to be just generous people. It's not. Um, Okay, Christy's here, so I'll edit the story a little bit. So, uh, um, this last week, uh, we were at, me and Ryan were in the gas station, and uh, we go get a drink or whatever, and they have the little scratch-off tickets at the counter. Dad, what are those? Oh, baby, those are a bad idea. We don't do those. But what are they? Well, they're scratch-off tickets. When you scratch them off, you can win money. Well, let, let's get one. All right, let me get you one and show you what a bad idea this is, Ryan. <laughs> Dang it. She won $10. And, uh, you know what is funny about that? You know what the first thing she did not say is, I'm going to go home and share with my sister. I'm going to give her half of that. That was not, you know what she said? I mean, she was like, dad, let's go to H-E-B. I want to go get toys and stuff. And I'm like, babe, let me give you a little tip. 
we need to let it ride. Put it back in the pot and buy some more tickets. So, so, but it's not just naturally a part of who we, a part of who we are. Um, generosity just doesn't naturally flow out of us. When you grew up, think about some of the first words that you ever heard growing up. Uh, or you ever learned growing up, mom, dad, no. You know what probably the fourth word you ever learned was? Mine, right? How many fights have been started in my house this weekend over that same idea of, that's mine, don't touch it. Dad, she's got it. Give it back to me. That's mine, that's mine, that's mine. But where does generosity actually flow out of? What if God had this idea, this radical idea, that my life was more than just about a me-centered, me-focused life? That God invites us to some greater, something greater where there's not just this momentary tug on your heart um, to be generous. But what if generosity was actually like a muscle? And like every other muscle in your body, I know you're looking right now, um, like every other muscle in your body, you got to work it out and you got to strengthen it and you got you to gotta flex it. You got to and over time, your muscle gets stronger and stronger, and all of the sudden, generosity just flows out of you effortlessly. What if generosity was a muscle? And so you can see where we're going this morning. We're talking real specifically about generosity. We are finishing up our series called The Spiritual Effect, and kind of the idea that we have been rolling with this summer is is that um, there is a difference between affect and effect. And oftentimes, kind of, uh, we grow up hearing about these really big things in the Christian faith that we know they're foundational, but oftentimes we kind of glance over. And so we kind of played on this affect-effect idea that an a if I affect something, if I pushed you, that would be the affect. When you fall and hit the ground, that would be the effect. And the idea that we've been rolling with is all these big spiritual foundational things, there's an affect. God is initiating something. And what we've been doing is asking, how does that affect us in our life? How do these things, how should these things actually show up in our lives? And so, yes, today, let me just be real clear. We're talking about generosity. Don't worry, we've taken the offering up already. So if there's no guilt this morning, listen, I know that whenever the church talks about being generous, people are like, this is a, I, mean, I picked the wrong Sunday to be here. Um, uh, I know it can be awkward. I've been in churches where we've talked about it really poorly, um, but I believe that God has something just so much more in store for us. And I think it's important that we talk about being generous because I think so often the, the, the pipes in our life get clogged because we just hold on to all of our stuff with this death grip. And I believe that God has something so much more in store for us. And the reality is we can't just talk. And let me be clear. Riverside's in a great place right now. This is the perfect time to talk about being generous because Riverside is very healthy. This is a very, very generous community. So it's a great Yes, so it's a very great time for us to be talking about this together. But even more importantly than all of those things, we have to talk about being generous because it's God's identity. God is a generous God. You cannot, we cannot say we want to be like, we want to walk in the ways of Jesus and not do what he's doing. The most famous Bible verse in all of Scripture, for God so loved the world that he 
He gave. He's a giver. God is a giver. The foundational identity of who God is, he is a giver. He gave. He gives grace, love, mercy, forgiveness, holy smokes. He gave us the cross. He gave us his son. He gave us the Holy Spirit. And if you and I want to get up under what God is doing, we got to get up under what he is doing. And one of the fundamental identities of who God is, he's generous. And if we want to mirror his heart, then we got to talk about being a, what it looks like for you and I to be a generous people. Because the reality is, if that's God's identity, what is the effect? How should that show up in our lives? And so that's where we're going to be headed this morning. Um, if you have your Bibles, you can turn over to uh, 2 Corinthians 9 this morning, and I'll give you just a little context of where we're going to be going. Um, 2 Corinthians is written to a church in Corinth. Uh, it's a church that Paul would have pla- that Paul planted, and it's probably just a couple of years old at this point, maybe 20 years after or so after the resurrection. And Paul has planted this church in Corinth, and uh, he's writing to them, and he's like, you guys are amazing. He's encouraging them. You guys are a beautiful, powerful church, and you guys just let generosity flow out of you. And I want to let you know about a need that arose in Jerusalem, which is miles and miles away from Corinth. There is a great famine in the land, and would you guys be willing to be generous and uh, let's pour into the believers that are in need right now? So that's kind of the context of Paul's letter is to say, you are generous. Would you mind, would you be generous with this other community over here that finds themselves in great need? And so if you are visiting or new with us on Sunday mornings, one of our traditions around here is, is we say the Shema on Sunday morning, which simply means to hear or to listen. Uh, and so it's not something we made up. It's found in the Older Testament as well in the New Testament. When the followers of Jesus ask him, uh, what's the greatest commandment? He quotes part of the Shema. And we say that because we think it's powerful to have Jesus's words on our lips. And we say the first couple of lines of the Hebrew because that's the language that he would have known it. And we think it's powerful to have that rolling around in our lips. So I'm going to invite you to stand and we'll say the Shema together as we prepare um, to receive our, uh, to receive God's words. Let's say the Shema together. Shema Israel, Adonai Adonai Hero Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might, and love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. And so God, yet again, we open your word. And as we open up it, God, may it open us up as well. God, may your hopes and your dreams flow to us this morning. God, that this is your active voice in the world, and may it speak to us this morning. It's in Christ's name. Amen. Please be seated. All right, 2 Corinthians 9, uh, verse 6. Uh, We'll start there and kind of work our way through and then uh, do the big so what at the end. It says this. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generous will get a large crop. And that makes a lot of sense to us. I mean, he uses this common everyday language for us to to get a principle that he's talking about. If you want a big crop— you got to throw a lot of seeds. Don't expect a, a big crop if you're just out there being stingy with your stuff. And this is a reality that you and I see all of the time. We have this kind of same language built up. We say things like, well, you only get what you, you get out, you get in what you put out of it. Wait, is that right? You get out what you put into it, right? Uh, uh, you got to spend money to make money, right? You reap what you sow. So we have this idea that like, um, uh, what you pour in is what you get out. And 
Paul is writing saying it's same with generosity. If you want to be a generous poor, uh, if you want to see generosity flow in your life, sow the seed of generosity, right? Parents, do you want to have a home that is fun and full of life? Sow the seed of joy in your house. If you want to have a, 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 a workplace that is about excellence and about um, vision, then sow the seeds of excellence and vision at the place where you work. If you want to have a house that really rests in forgiveness and grace, be gracious and and forgive one another. That's what he's talking about here. Let's keep going. Verse 7 says this. You must decide in your heart how much to give. Paul says right here, listen, you already have what you need. Your, your needs have been met. And so I want you to decide in your heart how much to give. Because being generous, real clear, is a heart issue. This is not between you and me, you and your, your church. It's, a, it's between you and the Lord. Being generous, giving, is a heart issue. It's between you and him. And, li- and this is the reason why. Let's keep going what it says. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Don't give when somebody guilts you or they pressure you because that will always end really badly, really poorly for us. Why shouldn't we give out of guilt or pressure? Listen to this. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. God loves when we give joyful. God loves when we love to give. That means our generosity is tied to our gratitude. That generosity is actually uh, an issue of gratitude. It should come out of the overflow of my heart. You can't guilt somebody into being more generous. Dang it, I've told you, Riverside, you need to be a generous church. That's not going to sow the seed of generosity. You can't guilt them into that. Um, I was never really invested uh, in church until I was probably about a sophomore in high school. Um, I mean, my parents kind of drugged me to church growing up, but I, I really didn't care about it. And the only reason I started to go when I was a sophomore on my own is because there was a lady involved, right? And I'm like, whatever means necessary, Lord. Uh, and the pastor, the youth pastor that was there, man, he was really great. And I'm so thankful for him. Because uh, me and my friends, we were idiots. We would show up there and it would be time to sing and we'd sit on the back row and say, this is stupid. And we would sit there like this. And then he would, you know, do the song and dance show. All right, we're going to do guys versus girls. And me and my friends would be like, woohoo! <laughs> we'd get up and we'd do, now it's really fun. I'm like, look at this joker pulling all these tricks on us. And when it came time to like talk in small group, this is stupid. I'm not doing this. Oh, all right, guys, I'm going to give you some Skittles every time you talk and answer. And I'm like, all right. So we all got, I mean, it was this, he, he was really great. And I learned a lot from him. Um, he, was a lot, he was a lot of fun. Um, but I picked up um, something that was probably a little unhealthy too. I picked up this idea that God is just really needy. Just give me, just give me. Give it to me, John. I'll take anything you want to give me. Even if it's just with that reluctance, even if you don't, just give me, just give me, give it to me. And somewhere along the line, I just picked up that he's really needy that way. And what Paul says to us this morning is, 
God loves when you love to be generous. Nah, God, God doesn't want us giving with this reluctant heart. He loves, he finds joy when you find joy in giving. Keep going in the scripture. Uh, it says this, and uh, if you'll go to that next slide, it says this. And God will generously provide all that you need. Then you will have always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Now, is there anything vague about that? Do you see the words in there? Go back to the slide. See the words in there? And you will have all you need. You will always have everything, plenty. Is there anything vague about that? This is the stuff. This is the deal. This is the bottom line in all at all times, in all circumstances, in all things. God will meet every one of your needs. He may not give you everything you want, but God, out of his abundance, will meet every single need. Or you could even say it this way. God does not barely bless you. He doesn't look at me and he doesn't look at your life and say, what is the bare minimum that I can get away with for blessing John, right? That's me. Ask me to help you move and see what time I show up, right? That, that's, I'm, that's But that's not in God's nature. God doesn't do, God just doesn't partially bless you. He is a God of an of a abundance of abundance and abundance and he gives 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 it's because that's who he is it's part of his identity and then paul goes on and and he quotes some old text uh, old uh testament scripture and it says this as the scriptures say they share freely and give generously to the poor the good deeds will be remembered forever. And we talked about this last week, that God is not just interested in you leaving an inheritance to your kids or leaving your inheritance behind. He's interested in a legacy. And that's what it's talking about. Verse 10, for God is the one who provides the seed for the farmer and then the bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources, then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. And so the same God that gives seed to the sower, that gives bread for us to eat, God gives it all. Paul wants to let you know that God is intimately connected with the food chain in your life. Probably a better way to say that, God is the supply chain of your life. That he is the one that supplies all that you need in every circumstance. You saw it in the scriptures, all, every, plenty, everything. He is the one that is the one that gives to us. Verse 11 says this. You will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when you take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. Again, Paul is saying, just laying this foundation of it's all from him. He is the supply, supply chain. He is the giver. What God is doing is he is generous. And then he goes on in verse 12. As we wrap up this scripture, it says this. He talks about this need 100 miles away. 
about this great famine that's hit, hit the, the town of Jerusalem. And it says this. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The need of the believers in Jerusalem will be met. So when you give, you're tangibly meeting the needs of other people. And then the second thing is, when you are generous, it's actually an act of worship because it comes up and out of a heart that is overflowing. And look at what it says. And they will joyfully express their thanks to God. That means when you are generous, that when you give, two things happen. Um, you get free and other people get blessed. You get untied from your stuff and the world gets to know who Jesus is when you are generous. That Paul says people hundreds of miles away that you don't know that you're probably never going to meet are going to be blessed and they're going to thank God for meeting their needs. And when they pray and they thank God for meeting their needs, you know who they're, they're thanking? You. They're thanking you. Man, how powerful, how beautiful is that? Uh, just an unbelievably powerful picture for us this morning. And so where does the ability to grow the muscle of generosity come from? Where, how do we begin to strengthen? How do we begin to work out a, a generous spirit? I think it's just foundational is that generosity begins with God. God is a giving God. He actually gave first. The scripture says, in John it says, we love, we, don't, uh, he, we love because he first loved us. God always goes first. He's a giver and out of his identity, he is generous. And so generosity is intimately connected with the identity of God. And y'all, this took me a really, a really long time to actually show up in my life. Um, for the vast majority of my life, um, generosity was not even a part of the conversation. Um, and it's only been in the last few years where, you know what one of my favorite days of the month is now? It's the 15th, because that's just the way our budget flows. And I find great joy in just releasing my stuff. I just find great joy in saying, God, it's all yours. And I want to be a generous person. I want to sow the seeds in, of, of, of this place and fuel the mission and ministry of this place. The 15th is a great day around my house. And if you would have told me years ago, John, um, you're going to like to give your money away, I would have thought you lost your mind. I would have thought you are crazy. So this morning, I want to, just suggest maybe three different postures that, that we have when it comes to uh, generosity. Um, three different maybe understandings, and uh, we'll see what the Lord um, stirs up in us this morning, morning. And there's three different postures I think we can take. And the first one is this. And there are grippers. And for the, the overwhelming majority of my life, it was, this is my stuff. Don't touch my stuff. Don't touch my stuff. And for if you grew up without a lot of resources, that was probably your posture. Like, like try to get my stuff. This is my stuff. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And so I'm going to hold it really, really, really tight. Uh, my first full-time job, I made $774 every two weeks. Um, that's like $360, $370 every week. Um, 
And after paying my rent and after paying my bills and my car and all of that stuff, bro, it was ramen noodles the rest of the month. I mean, that, that's how I got by. My posture was like this. And what happened was, is when I started to make just a little bit more money and a little bit more money, and then I got married and we had two incomes in our house. Do you know what changed? Nothing. <laughs> we, we still did this. We still were like, I don't do, no, tr try to get my stuff. Th th this, this ain't, this ain't, this ain't happening because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and I got to take care of myself. And so I ha we held all of our stuff behind our back with gripped fist. And statistically speaking, um, would you look, when you look at the world, would you say that this is probably the posture of our world? I got to get mine, right? I got to have it. I got to clinch it and I got to save and I got to, uh, I got to get it all. Statistically speaking, this is the world that we live in. And let's be honest, this is where all of us start. This is not like a guilt thing. This is, this is honestly, this is where the, everybody starts. And these are not bad people. These are great people. But there's a perspective change that I think that's lacking here. And, the, and the, what the perspective change that, that um, grippers lack is, it's all his. It's God's. He gives. Everything I have is a gift. And if that's true, then I'm just holding on to it and I get to kind of move it around and see what he's up to. And so we have this uh, posture of grippers. And if that's one of them, I'd say the next one is they are dippers. Uh, we have grippers and, and tippers. And what does that mean? That means that we tip. That when things get like tugged on your heart, you're like, oh man, like when the uh, um, when all the flooding happened down at the coast, tons of people were gone. There's a need. You respond out of that mean. Oh my gosh, I want to give to that. That's actually really important, y'all. Th this is a life changing place to be. Um, tippers, it is unbelievably fun when you start looking around in your hands and loosening up the grip and say, oh my gosh, can you imagine like like. Like, I want to be a part of that. That is unbelievable. There's a need there, and, and God might use me to meet that need over there. That's, that's beautiful. Tipping, if you're a tipper, this is a beautiful place to start. It's unbelievable. Um, the first time that I ever uh, was a tipper was uh, in my middle, like, mid-20s, and I started to give to Young Life. Um, I love Young Life. I've done it my whole life. It's a ministry I believe in. We still give to Young Life. And I gave $25 a month um, to Young Life. And let me tell you what, it was fun. It was really a great joy to know that just $25, it's not that big a deal to them, but that I sowed that seed into that, that I was a part of that place. It's a place, tippers, this is a place of great, courage. This is a place where you are stepping out in faith and saying, God, I want to be a part of that. That is unbelievable that you might use me to meet a need in the world. It's where you look around and you see things like the Hope Center and you're like, man, I want to go volunteer. I want to work in the Hope Center. Or I want to go serve at the loft and help people feel welcomed. And I want to let people be known. It's, a, it's that place where you see a need arise and you're like, man, I'll go on that mission trip. 
I'll step out. I'll go do those things. This is a place of great courage where people are stepping out in faith. And so if grippers kind of lack a perspective, um, tippers, you, you know what the only thing they lack is? Just a plan. Just a plan. It's, it's a plan to be generous with what God has entrusted them. It's like, oh, well, uh, what do I have in my, in, my, in my pocket this morning? Or what do I have to give? It's just a plan. It's simply that. It's these people are people of great courage and hope, and, and they're starting to experience it. It's just they don't have a plan in place yet. And if those are the couple of postures, the last one I will talk about is people that are givers. And these are people that are like, it's all yours. Do you know why Christians are supposed to be free people? Because we don't own anything. <laughs> Nothing belongs to us. God just says, I'm entrusting you with this stuff. And when you come with that perspective, you recognize that it's all his. And so I can be a giver. I can give everything away because it's not really mine anyways. It all belongs to him. And so givers have a plan in place to be generous with what God has entrusted to them. And so if you have grippers that, you know, they lack perspective and tippers maybe lack a plan to be generous, do you know what givers lack? Nothing. The Bible actually says that. It's what we read this morning. In all things, at all times, in all circumstances, God will meet your need. Every single, single time. The Bible actually says it. Ask somebody that's a giver, and they will tell you it's non-negotiable. It is that central for us and for my family and for me personally to have a plan in place just to be generous. They'll say it's that foundational because they realize that if they are walking and if they're learning who their identity is, and God is this gracious God that's always giving, full of abundance. They want to get up under that. And they want to do what God is doing. Powerful. Powerful stuff. And so every week, don't worry. Every week we've been giving you some homework. Some things for us to um, practice. To walk out together. We've already taken the offering. So relax. <laughs> We're not going there again this morning. I'm not going to call the ushers up again this morning. We're not going to go for round two. A couple of things I would love for you to consider this morning. Which of the three are you? None of those are. are um, I mean, the first two, there's nothing. We all start there. We all start holding on to our stuff. And then... We move on and we kind of begin to see needs and meet needs. Those are beautiful places to start. But what would it look like for you not to be somebody that just gives here and there, but that you become generous because it's who God is and you want to get up and under the identity of God? How might you maybe take a step this week? Um, Maybe it's, uh, if you go to our webpage, if you go to the next one, uh, the next slide for me. Um, 
on our website, we have uh, multiple, multiple places for you to jump in and to get involved. Maybe you were like me for much of my life, holding your resources behind your back saying, try to get it. (laughs) No, it's not happening. Try, just try. Maybe, just maybe, maybe God is inviting you to say, oh man, I'm willing to step out. I see a need. I can, I can give of myself. I can give of my time. I'll go to the place and I'll look at all of the different places you can jump in and you can serve. And it is powerful. Do you know why? Do you know why? I was in student ministry for, gosh dang, uh, 15, 16 years. And do you know what? Students will always come back and talk about that one time where they went on that mission trip and they held that kid And it was like the highlight of their life. Just profoundly impactful. Do you know why that is? Because they got to this place where they realized it's not just about them. That if our lives ever point back to ourselves, we'll never find our real purpose in life. And when you step out and you are generous and you'll say, I'll go. I'll go serve. I'll find a place to jump in. I'll find a place to to start serving, to give my life away. I don't know if I can do much, but I'll go back there and I'll change stinky diapers on Sunday morning. I'll do that. That's a place of great faith and of hope. And you watch not just what the Lord will do around you, but you'll begin to see what the Lord does in and through you as well. Powerful. And maybe, just maybe, maybe it's you're at a place where you're like, you need to come up with a plan with your generosity. And maybe that's you this morning too. This is not, remember what Paul said, this is not between you and me. It's not between you and the church. This is a heart issue. It's between you and the Lord. So don't let anybody pressure you or guilt you or make you feel bad. That's not interesting whatsoever. But maybe the Lord is inviting you to, to be thoughtful and have a plan in place for how you can be a generous person because that's how you're wired That's the DNA of who you are. And so I'm going to pray for us this morning, and here's what I'm going to ask us to do. Stay seated, but can we do this this morning? Will you just hold your hands up this way? And we do that just as a way to say, God, I'm ready to receive. I'm not going to grip anything. I'm going to live with open hands, and I'm going to just give uh, us a blessing this morning uh, as we close down. And so, God, thank you that you are a God of abundance. It's all yours, that you don't withhold anything, that you love to give, that you love to be generous. And God, may we be a people that live with open hands. May we be a people that have the posture of it's all yours. Every last bit of it belongs to you. So, Father, we push back on anything in our lives that would fight for our heart's affection. So often, money does that for me. So, God, we just claim that you are a God of abundance, that you're a God that loves to give. And so we'll be people that receive this morning. So, Father... Would you move us along? Would you grow us? Would you strengthen the muscle 
of generosity in our lives. It's in the Christ's name we pray. Amen.